episode 171 for March 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example on this episode is on Amazing Spider-Man Annual number 38. The description reads that Spidey is stuck in a world where Peter Parker never existed, and the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $1.99, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Also add them on Facebook. Just type in Mail Order Comics in the search bar. Welcome back, gang, to our March edition of the Crawl Space. We let's introduce the panel. We've got George from Texas, an administrator, on our message board. Welcome, George. Thanks, buddy. And did you have a good Valentine's Day? Good day. I hate off. Valentine's Day. Yeah. I've always hated All Valentine's right. Day. Valentine's Day for me is I don't know, that's like celebrating battery acid. Battery acid <laughs> on your face day. I mean what you okay. know. <laughs> There's a Hallmark card for that, I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Jr. from SpideyKicksButt.com. Jr. Happy daylight savings time begins, everybody. Looking forward, I'll ask you the same. Good, good Valentine's Day, sir. Uh, well, no, because I'm married. I mean, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day stopped being romantic a long time ago. I mean, you know. Right. What was the most romantic thing you did back in, when you were dating, single days? Uh, what was the most romantic okay. thing I did back then? Not well, dirty, that's kind of JR, personal. romantic. That's, that's, <laughs> I was going to say, that's kind of personal, isn't it? Well, we, we, I, I want to hear the lover, the JR, the, t- <laughs> the swimmer. <laughs> the Mac Daddy, if you will. Uh, he died a long time ago. Oops. He was replaced by a clone. Uh, <laughs> and we have Donovan. Welcome, Donovan. He's a reviewer of Amazing Spider-Man title on the front page and also administrator. Welcome, sir. Good morning or afternoon or whatever this hour has brought us into. Springing forward. Springing forward. Mm. Indeed and, so. we, and we have a person that's uh, filling in for us, and we haven't talked to him in a long time. We have Crazy Chris. He's a reviewer of the Venom title, and he also had Donovan's job back in the day on the front page. Welcome, Chris. Hi. What's what's going on, sir? Um, not much. Just uh, I'm in my last semester of law school, and yeah. um, you know, just for those not yeah. familiar with it, give, give us a little spider history. When did you start reading Spider-Man? Um, I think about when I was oh about twelve or eleven. I think it was actually during Howard Mackey's run on the reboot, and uh, right. you know, most people would think that. That's not the best introduction to um, <laughs> Spider-Man comics. My, my first introduction to the character, I think, was in video games and the '90s cartoon. And but but oh, yes. the, the the reboot run, if you've never read a comic book in your life, it's not that bad. So it did get me hooked. And then when like JMS came on, I you know I I was probably about I don't know I think fourteen fifteen and. And uh, th- that sort of opened my eyes to how good it could really be, and I think I've been hooked ever since then. Right. Well, as I said earlier, Chris is a reviewer of the Venom title on the front page, so let's start off with a Venom-related news item. Chris, you can start off with this one. Uh, <laughs> the L.A. Times is reporting that a Venom spinoff movie uh, could be coming to the theater near you. Uh, nothing to do with Spider-Man 3 or Topher Grace. It looks like... Uh, director Josh Trank, who I've never heard of. What's this Chronicles movie? Do you guys have you guys seen this? I've, I've not heard of this Chronicles movie they directed. Is that like a toy franchise? 
I have no idea. That's, that's I, Bionicles. Thought of okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we we don't know anything about the plot. We don't know if it's going to be Flash Thompson without his legs. We don't know if it's going to be Eddie Brock working for the Bugle. If Spider Man is going to make a cameo, etc. Chris, your thoughts on a Venom movie? Well, I, I think all of the possible options that you just listed would pretty much suck if they didn't <laughs> no no if they didn't have a uh, backstory rooted in a Spider-Man film and since yeah. the Spider-Man films are being rebooted they don't have that backstory and I really don't want to see the Venom backstory done in the Spider-Man film again because we already saw that so I, I don't know if this is just going to sort of be one of those movies where they sort of like Incredible Hulk where it's the last movie doesn't count, but there's still a history to it that they imply. Or if it's just going to be its own thing that has no ties to the comic book character whatsoever other than the name, kind of like the Catwoman movie, which is what yeah. I'm kind of scared of. Um, I, I have no idea who this director is. I haven't seen Chronicle. I'm So I am not anticipating this one. Do you think uh, a Flash Thompson, just a, a soldier in the war that lost his legs with a symbiote, could work? Well, it works in the comics because you have like yeah. 50 years of the character being around and you have all that history to draw from and he's an established character. If you're just sort of sending, like introducing this character in uh, a movie that and it, he has no history behind him, I don't really think it works <laughs> as well. So, you know, I, I think it would be okay for a plot of a movie, a soldier loses his legs, you know, if they if gets the gets an alien, like, they could do that, and it, it might be okay, but I, I don't know, I, I just don't think it really works as well without the backstory in Spider-Man, and they're not going to yeah. have that, so I don't really think I'm looking forward to it. All right, Don, what do you think, sir? Well, you know, I actually heard talk of a Venom movie right after Spider-Man 3 came out. Right, it was always right. just rumors, but I remember them specifically. I remember really reading articles saying that they were trying to. It was in the talks to, to do one. Um, so to hear it like f- five years later, I'm not really so surprised. But uh, if a Venom movie would come out, I think it would honestly have to be Eddie Brock. <clears throat> and yeah. to really make it successful, you need a Venom story that's recognizably Venom. And um, by that I mean I, more so the '90s Venom than was what was in Spider-Man Three. Um, It'll be hard to do it for two reasons. One, you need a connection with Spider-Man, because I think a solo Venom movie without any reference to Spider-Man would be tricky to pull off. And I think also the violence of the character, whether he's a lethal protector or an anti-hero or whatever, would be in question. And who do you put, put him up against? Um, I have this crazy friend uh, at school who, for two hours, gave a sermon on how he thinks a Carnage movie could work, and I spent another two hours t- trying to convince him that it would never work. <laughs> and I think Venom is a similar concept where even if he's a good guy, he's not a very good guy. So uh, right, you would need it, it would need to either be a hard <clears throat> PG thirteen and that at, at at the very least, and that would kind of cut off family audiences. So it the odds of it working are slim, but uh, I would I would see if it came out. Right. Anybody else? What do you think, Jared? George? Well, I um, go ahead, George. No, you go. No, okay. Well, I was gonna. I was actually gonna. Uh, I was gonna actually uh, sound like George did uh, when he was talking about the Amazing Spider-Man movie reboot the last time. I'm not even so sure we'll actually see 
a Venom movie. I think this is just I think this is more than uh, more than 50 percent just uh, trying to to keep the Sony trying to keep its fingers in on the character. Um, right. You know, so I uh, I um, you know, I don't know that we'll actually see a Venom movie, uh, which I you know, is it, it's which kind of disgusts me in a way, though. You know, it's just like, uh, <laughs> well, I, it, I just hate this Hollywood crap. You know, I just hate the, the, the mentality or whatever. Well, we're, we're not going to do it, but we're going to make sure nobody else ever does it. You know, I mean, that's that, that's like, you know, seven year old thinking. Uh, well, I, I think what it is, is the Spider-Man movies make, what, a billion dollars, etc. Why not a spinoff? Well, I for mean, all the reasons that I, I mean, Dom and some of the, then you know Chris, I mean, it doesn't really work without Spider-Man. I mean, uh, Venom is um, Venom's a pretty hard character to like when you think about it. I mean, when you think about, I mean, Eddie Brock was a scum, was a was a narcissistic, uh, self-righteous scumbag, you know, who was always blaming other people for his problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Flash Thompson, I mean, you, you have to care about Flash Thompson to make it work. I mean, that's kind of what makes the Venom comic work, is that we care about Flash because of what we've been through with him all these years. The movies, on the other hand, will, will not have that kind of connection. Uh, so I, I'm not really – I mean, obviously anything can work. I mean, a good writer, a good director, a good actor, they could pull it off. But I, I think it's got a, a couple of strikes against it actually ever really working, which goes back to my original theory then that, you know, they're they're you know, it's kind of like the Daredevil movie in development at Fox, you know. Yeah. You know, you, when do you think you're really going to see that? Uh, <laughs> so I, I think it's almost kind of the same with the Venom movie. We we could uh, evidently I think Flash Thompson's in the Amazing reboot. We could give him a few extra lines. Is it really? I didn't think about that. Well, I, I think I saw the trailer where he slams Peter, or he's messing with Peter, and Peter slams him against the lockers. I think I saw that. Yeah, but he's a high school Flash. student in that movie. I mean, he's gonna. Right. I mean, we can't do the uh, decorated war hero from Vietnam. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. There's, there's a long road of character development between the Flash that throws people into lockers and the Flash that we have now, and true. I think it all would need to be done in advance of a Venom movie. Yeah. George, final thoughts. What do you think, sir? Um, yeah, I don't know how much truth there actually is to this. Um, I, I, it makes me wonder. I'm like, why are you trying to do this now when you've just rebooted the continuity? And, you know, which A.V. Aired would step in and say, no, we didn't reboot it. Well, at which point I would slap him in the face and say, no, shut up, you rebooted it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, so I don't even know. I doubt it's Flash Thompson because Flash is, is – he, we know he's going to be in this new movie. Um, but I mean, I, I doubt he can lose his legs and get you know possessed by an alien sometime within the the parameter or the story of dealing with uh, with the lizard or dinosaur <laughs> man or whatever the hell you know this new guy is. So um, so I doubt it's Flash. Um, I don't. I, there's not enough. I don't think there's an, there's not enough widestream main or uh, mainstream interest in this character. I think this character's popularity is pretty much rooted within the comics community. Everyone on planet Earth knows who the hell Spider-Man is, but if you showed everybody a picture of Venom, not everybody's going to know who the hell he is. Um, so I think I, he's one of Spider-Man's top three most recognizable villains. Uh, I don't know about top three. I think you're being a little... I think, I think, I think, I think um, to people of the generation that... Um, I shouldn't say generation, but the age group that like Donovan and I are from, Venom is more popular because uh, he had a you know a story arc in the cartoon the 90s cartoon really early on and he got, got really popular that way 
with uh, people who were kids at that time. Mm-hmm. I'd say uh, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, and Venom are the top three, at least in the public's perception. Well, I mean, if there is a Ven- if there is a Venom movie, I mean Spencer will. De- I mean Spencer will definitely want to see it because Spencer likes Venom. Um, right. You know, I don't know if that's saying that Dom and Crazy Chris have the mentality of a ten-year-old uh, that they would, you know. Uh, <laughs> but but, uh, but no, I, I I mean at the risk of uh, you know I, I, that little gentle uh, joke aside, I mean I do think Venom uh, I, I, he appeals to younger people. I really think he does. I think right. there's a certain amount of uh, I think I, I think the the the, the, the Master of Disaster and the Lord of Chaos and the, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, with, as, as Topher Grace said, with great power comes great fun. I think there's something uh, younger people do like, tend to like Venom more than some of us old farts. So, is it the whole brains, brains, nom, nom, nom thing? He didn't really say brains in the three. I, I, no, he I, didn't. I, but I mean, in the third been, movie, no. He's, he's, yeah, you know, that'd be I mean, weird. But for people in Chris's and uh, Don's generation, I mean, that's all he. That's all he said in the nineties. No, it's sort of like the, the. He was just sort of this like badass villain that Spider-Man could fight because he was such a threat. You know, he, he got past his spider sense. He was strong. He had his powers. It was very much like a yin and yang kind of thing that was always appealing. Yeah. It's like you're like this guy has all of Spider-Man's powers plus teeth, and it's awesome. You know, like, I think that's the little kid's thing. You can't get over that cool visual, either. Ever since 1984, when that black suit came out, it's been one of the best visuals of Spider-Man. Hey, hey, JR. Yeah. Back when Amazing Spider-Man 300 hit, because you and I were, and Brad, were all old enough to actually get it off the damn shelf. Yeah, I did. Um, I bought two copies. What did did you actually think of the character initially, right? When I mean, just right off the bat. Now, this, because that was before the whole brains, nom, nom, nom thing. Well, see, I did not like the character. I, I'd never liked the character, really. I mean, I didn't, I, and I did not like the fact that he knew Spider-Man. He knew Spider-Man's identity because, kind of like I said before, back then that that knowledge was pretty well the exclusive domain of an Osborne, you know. And then it's like, well, who the hell is Eddie Brock? You know, who is this guy that he should know Spider-Man's secret identity? You know, and I guess I kind of reacted, you know, like like a like a fanboy, you know, uh, is like, you know, what gives him the right to know? You know, we've never seen this character before, uh, and I really never did care for Venom because the one one the way he was just really running to the ground, um, yeah. and I, I but and I never developed an appreciation for the character until I wrote my Venom article and until I actually kind of saw the character through my son's eyes and I started to see, you know, I kind of see what people like in this character but but he's still not my kind of character so you know when he hit he became one of my instant favorites and then they as jr said they ran him into the ground with those miniseries during the 90s etc i think when he he tried to become the lethal protector is when he kind of lost it for me i think that's why i hate the character so much is because they tried to make him the next wolverine in the 90s and he was in every damn thing you couldn't look left or right without seeing the giant fanged face and the brains, brains, and that. I mean, it, he, he was in Dark Hawk. He was in Sleepwalker. He was in Marvel Comics Presents. Wait, Sleepwalker. It was. So, Remember Sleepwalker, dude? It was so <laughs> damn annoying. Yeah. Well, that's not necessarily the fault of the character. I mean, I still really like Venom, even though I recognize a lot of what doesn't work about the character from a narrative sense. I still am excited whenever he pops in, but he's also he's always, he's still altered now. That, like, if they were to do a Venom movie like, that was more in tone with, like, the best stories he had, or maybe they would do a movie where, like, it's from his perspective of him fighting Spider-Man, I think people would attach to, to whatever appeal he had back then, 20 years ago, because there, there's still marketability for him. 
Yeah. Mm. All right, uh, segueing kind of like what Jr. was saying about the ten-year-olds that love Venom. Uh, another cartoon is coming out aimed directly at the kids, I think, and that's old thirty and forty-year-old guys too. Uh, <laughs> the Ultimate Spider-Man uh, cartoon comes out on April first on Disney XD, and I, uh, Disney has released a couple uh, teaser trailers. I put up on the front page. The first one has Spider-Man uh, fighting Paste Pot Pete or the Trapster, whatever you like to call him. And uh, another clip has Spider-Man, uh, the Frightful Four, uh, discovers that Peter goes to Empire State... Oh, no, what, what's uh, his high Midtown. school? Midtown. Midtown High, and uh, a food fight ens- uh, ensues. <laughs> so, at his high school. Uh, at his high school, yeah. Don, what do you think of this? You're, you're going to be reviewing this uh, episode by episode when it comes out. Yeah. What do you think of this one? Um, I'm very mixed. Uh, I'm all for yeah. different interpretations of Spider-Man, <laughs> as of this my last episode. But I think the tone of this series is very, very, I don't want to say questionable, but it's it's so new to me that I'm not sure how welcome I am to it. Because it's, it's very like, you know, you have the whole, oh, great power, great responsibility thing. And then you have, like, little mini TV Spider-Mans running around dancing, and it's like, it feels very much like a teen t- the Teen Titans cartoon, which was kind of like super fantastical. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I've never seen it with Spider-Man before. That I'm wondering how it's going to play for the rest of the series. So I'm, I'll, I'll give it a shot, but I'm not <clears> saying it looks, it looks bad, but I'm not sure how I'm going to like it. I'm, I'm not – I don't really get the – I don't know how to put it either. Uh, like the words Ultimate Spider-Man appear on the screen, then he swats them away. <laughs> like there's little there's little spider angels and devils on his shoulder. Um, Very anime like, to be honest. It's more. It, it looks more like. Brave I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna hate it, but I'm, I'm, just from the clips, I'm like, oh, it's okay. But I don't know. Chris, what do you think? Have you seen it? Yeah, I, I watched the clips that you posted, and I, yeah. I think that they show limited information, and I can't really tell if yeah. they're getting the characters right or if the stories are going to be interesting to an adult. And I guess there will be an episode where some villains go to the high school and they get stopped by a food fight. And if that's what they're, <laughs> show, if that's what they're showing to hook people, then I'm not who they're after. Because I, I think like these villains, the, the Frightful Four, should be slightly harder to beat than Bulk and Skull from Power Rangers. <laughs> it's looking like it's going to be more of a sort of slapstick humor than other Spider-Man cartoons and since I I don't really find pies in the face that funny I hope there's more to it and I'm not crazy about the animation it's kind of weird to me and kind of sort of like a rubber band snapping and stopping where everything's standing still and someone throws a punch really fast and then time stops and holds on the punch while the you have the sound effects lettering floating there for like a second. And uh, I, just... I sort of prefer more fluid, real-time action. Uh, I, I think the spectacular Spider-Man was the best animation in a Spider-Man cartoon, and I, I would have wanted to see something more like that. Uh, I'm not going to say this show can't be good, but I'm probably just not who they're trying to impress. Another thing I noticed that uh, they might be trying to hit the demographic of me by re- reinventing Spider-Man and his amazing friends. It seems that uh, Nick Fury with the Ultimates, or the Avengers or whatever, is going to uh, team Spider-Man up with some heroes like Nova, uh, let's see, Power Man, 
the white what's the white cat white tiger character? white tiger and what's the other one nova i no not nova white cat white tiger <laughs> power man there's a third iron one fist. iron fist that's right so power man and iron fist okay dude I'm sorry. I didn't, have, I didn't have my notes in front of me. I apologize on that. You need to look over that board right now. Well, uh, <laughs> maybe it's wow. not how cool the characters are. I'm so sorry. White Cat. Um, George, uh, what do you think of this one? Uh, you, you hate it. Here, I'm going to bring back some of your quotes for you, JR. George, I mean. Well, you're going to bring some of my quotes back? Yeah, your quotes. When we were talking, you were on the show. We were talking about Spectacular Spider-Man. And you said that that you hope you, you're anxious for the new Spider-Man show because now Marvel can have its own sandbox where Spider-Man can play with the Avengers and they own it. Right. It's kind of like the DC universe. That's exactly what I want him to do. This is not it. This is not it, huh? <laughs> no, I mean remember what I said earlier. It looked like it looks like Brave and Bold, and I'm sorry, I straight up hated Brave and Bold. Really? I, I really did. Um, it was not a good successor Batman cartoon. When you look at all the greatness that came before that, Brave and Bold was a kick to the Tic Tacs <laughs> and, a, and a middle finger. No, it yeah. Wasn't. Um, and why did you yeah. hate it? It was eventually. It's, it's just, it's just, it was just too much goofy crap. If I'm watching right. Batman, I want dark. I have to, you know, stop somebody and oh hey, I won, but at what cost, crap? Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't want. Uh, I don't want Batmite and all this bullshit. You know, and I, I – this this does. This looks like it doesn't take anything seriously. And I – stop, you know, yeah, the, the villains and the food fights and – oh, God. And I'll guarantee you, you're not – they're not appealing to your demographic at all, Brad. They're not trying to go – I I know. <laughs> it's just like a 2012 Friends, I think. But any any hopes that I had – and first of all, I mean, I, I, calling it Ultimate Spider-Man should have been our big clue. I mean, when you name it after the failed continuity, you know, I mean, you're you're failing right out of the gate. But I will I will agree that that while I hated Spectacular Spider-Man, I did think that that animation was some of the was probably was not it's not probably it's the best Spider-Man animation ever done. It was gorgeous to look at, even if it felt like it was Spider-Man fighting the Monarch from the Venture Brothers. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I had high hopes that this would be the springboard of a giant extended animated universe for Marvel, and this is not this is not what you leap off of. This is you know, this is this is not it, and I, I you give it a shot though, won't you? Oh hell no, no, this looks goofy, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even giving it a shot. You've based it on the two minutes, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I just the tone of this cartoon does not does does not appeal to me. Well, the um, have you tried the Avengers cartoon? It's the really Avengers good. cartoon kicks eighty billion different levels of ass. <laughs> it is one. Of, it is one of the best superhero. Car- no, I'll take that back. It's the best superhero cartoon I've ever seen. Better than the, more than the original Batman with Paul Dini. Paul Dini. No, I think you know what. I'm, okay, <laughs> let me let me amend that for Marvel. How's that? Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I, think I, think, I mean, I like okay. Justice League, and and I think Justice League was a better cartoon overall than Avengers. But I mean, Avengers is still young. I'll give Avengers right. a little more time, but I mean, the Avengers kicks ass. That is a great that is a great cartoon universe, and it is sad that Spider Man can't be a part of that. And instead, we have this jackassy thing. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> Always jackassy. You know, well, you know, you know what? You know what? I think it's kind of a turnoff for us a lot. Like by and large, that they're really 
And I was talking, I made a comment on this. They're really driving home this whole concept of Spider-Man as a high school character. And I was talking to Josh about this. He was in high school for like 20, 28 issues out of like the 781 issues he's had. And it's like, this is kind of a, this, this is kind of well-trotted ground in Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon uh, or a comic book and Spec Spidey cartoon. I kind of want to see something new. That's because, I, in my opinion, why they do that is because it's on a Disney channel that's aimed at teens and, and uh, tweens. So it's uh, the it's, Avengers cartoon. They're not in high school. Yeah, but Spider-Man's a youthful character, as, a, as Marvel likes to right, tell us. It doesn't matter. If the character's interesting and the stories are good, kids will watch it regardless. When, when, kids, went and saw Captain, when kids went and saw Captain America and Thor in movie theaters, Captain America and Thor didn't need to be 13 fucking years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so the whole Jared, thing, we have to make him a kid to appeal to kids is bullshit. Yeah. JR, we haven't heard from you. Did you like it? Did Spencer like it? Uh, you know, I haven't had a chance to show him the uh show him the uh the clips yet. Uh I mean but he's always talked about this show. He's always grousing that we don't get Disney X D because he's wanting to watch Ultimate Spider Man. So he's always he's been looking forward to it and we figure that we'll probably be able to eventually, you know, catch it on YouTube or something. Uh like the spectacular Spider Man was. But based on what I've seen, I mean I you know, and 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 uh, I know that nobody's gonna, you know, nobody's gonna feel sorry for a forty-eight-year-old man, you know, griping that a car, that a cartoon series on Disney isn't geared toward him. You know, I mean, <laughs> nobody's really. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so you know, looking at it, uh, you know, from a different, you know, from a different perspective, um, what I don't like about it is it looks like an, another big uh, extended advertisement for toys because why else? Are you going to have, you know, why are you going to having Buddy in with all these other young superheroes, uh, you know, unless and, and teaming up with other superheroes unless you're trying to sell toys, and you know, and having and, and I really didn't care for the uh, comment about well maybe Nick Fury was right he does have something to teach me about responsibility oh yeah that, you know that just that's I mean you know that's not that that's not even that's that's. The, uh, an, the antithesis of the core of the character. You know, somebody right. has to teach him responsibility. Don't think so. I mean, so do we even have the same origin? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, did, did, did he still make the same mistake in letting the burglar get by? Uh, Maybe Nick Fury shoots the burglar in the alley. Well, you know, I mean, he he knows everything he needs to know about responsibility from that one from that one you know yes. sin of his that he'll never that he'll spend the rest of his life uh, regretting. Uh, so that just kind of seemed wrong. The whole idea of Nick Fury mentoring him seems wrong um, uh, because Spider Man was always about you know you know nobody was mentoring him. He was kind of learning uh, learning as he went. Uh, and but it, this to me is another cynical uh, attempt, you know, to tie into the Avengers, obviously. Um, so it's and, and and frankly, I don't like Drake Bell's voice as Spider Man. Um, for some reason, it it it, it doesn't seem right. Again, and I and, and I, I don't really know why it just doesn't. And the the little cartoons running around reminds me all too much of Lizzie McGuire. Uh, now, you know, <laughs> that Spider Man meets Lizzie McGuire. Well, I mean, I, I I can't imagine any of. You, I mean, having had a having had a a young girl uh, at one time, I, I saw more Lizzie McGuire than I cared to. But that was it. She would listen. The character would make some observation, or or be, or and then all of a sudden, her cartoon alter ego would show up, you know, and and amplify that observation. And that is how like, Dan Slott writes, by the way. 
You know, uh, and I'm thinking, shit, this is like this. Leslie McGuire scripts. <laughs> yeah, when Dan Slott's writing, suddenly like an animated version of him pops up and he goes, oh, I'm going to make a joke, and right here's where Dr. Doom would fell upon. You're like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Sorry, JR. Although I forgot that Teen Titans did the exact same things, though. Uh, but but yeah, the first thing I thought of was, oh, shit, this is Lizzie McGuire for boys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's somebody's signature quote right there, boy. Mine. Uh, feel free to take it. All right, uh, moving on to another topic. Uh, I just posted this up on the front page of the site. Marvel sent me an email of uh, the creative team behind the Spider-Men. We don't know if it's a one-shot. We don't know if it's a miniseries, etc. It's written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Sarah Pacelli, who did the Ultimate Spider-Man artwork on the uh, Miles Morales version. We have a pink background with the word Spider-Man in white. We have two images that are in black that we can't tell who they are. They look spidery, hence the word Spider-Man. Thoughts on it? JR, you, you, you ended, you start. What, what do you think of this? Do it... not care. <laughs> I, do, okay. I do not care about anything Bendis writes vis-a-vis Spider-Man. I mean, I, I obviously it's, you know, it's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be the ultimate because Bendis has more than once stated he has no interest interest in writing Amazing Spider-Man in the regular continuity. Um, I, I just I have no interest in it. I really don't. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It just uh, it's uh, it's another cynical grab for a dwindling you know a dwind, in a dwindling market and for fewer you know chasing after fewer and fewer dollars. I don't care. Any guesses? to the panel, or is this set in the Marvel Universe? What Spider-Man does Miles meet? Um, I'll, make, I'll make a guess. Okay, go ahead. I think it's just going to be Ultimate Peter Parker and Ulti- Ultimate Miles Morales. You know, I, does he go back in time? What does he do? I think Peter Parker just isn't really dead. Oh. Well, that would suck. Everybody's like, fools ya! Psych! <laughs> Sorry, I'm I, for making you cry. But I, I haven't actually read Ultimate Spider-Man in since um, I think I lasted about six issues after Bagley left, and I told myself that I'd just get it in trade, but you know, like five years later, I still haven't bought even one trade. So I think I can tell myself I'm just never going to read it again. I think the only one on the panel besides myself, Don, you read uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. What what what's your guess of what is happening with this? Um, I don't know if Peter, Peter's going to come back because has has there been besides uh. Cyclops and one that, and that one Ultimate X Men story. Has there been a character in Ultimate uh, Marvel who's come back from the dead? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't I, think so. I think that they really try to go for that sort of like quasi realistic kind of mindset. Um, if he does, I'll be I'll be, be all for him coming back. But I, I, that's not my first uh, thing on it. Um, I don't know. Hey, I, wait, I wait a minute. Wait, maybe Miles's uncle will convert to the good side, and they'll both be the uncle and nephew fighting crime as Spider Man. Didn't the didn't the uncle like get the lowdown on on the uh, the uncle's the prowler. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a right. douchebag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't get over like that pink background makes it look like some sort of like ad for yogurt or whatever to fight breast cancer, <laughs> or a fem- feminine product. I mean, <laughs> uh, save the tatas well, with Spider-Man. Needs order Spider-Man. <laughs> I think uh, Miles is, has something to do with it. Um, I really don't know. Uh, like Jr. I don't really care. I mean, I'm, I'm, events are killing me, man. I mean, I'm so, I want to read a comic book that kind of tells a story that doesn't like, you know, try to suck my blood with the events. 
But um, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be horrible. It's going to, you know, like like ruin my life forever again. But I'm not invested in it. I'm just, I'm just interested in seeing how the natural stories could come out. This is an ongoing, right? It doesn't say. We don't know. It, says, it could be a one shot. Or it says Spider-Man number one. History will be made. So maybe it might be an ongoing. I hope it isn't. Or a one shot. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not, or, I'm not sure. Many. You you don't uh, want your blood what would you sucked by uh, by events, Donovan. I have so little to give. Don, what would you prefer? Would you prefer the Marvel Universe Spider-Man to teach Miles the ways of being a Spider-Man or uh, (laughs) Ultimate Spider-Man? I mean, first of all, it depends on who's writing Peter Parker because that's that's, that's such a uh, tricky... Well, it's Bendis, obviously. Oh, yeah. I think Bendis Bendis can write a a regular Spider-Man teaching Miles Morales how how horrible it is to be Spider-Man in real life. But uh, I would be down for that. Honestly, you'd be down for the original Spider-Man six one six as opposed to the dead uh, Ultimate one, huh? I, either or, you know, I like yeah. I like Peter Parker overall, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it has to be one one or the other. I'm just saying one's an older character allegedly, one's dead and a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> George, I know you're gonna run down to the store and pick this shit up, right? <laughs> Watch me go, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts on it, George? Gee, I, I guess Ultimate Spider-Man's coming back. I guess the gimmick has run its course, um, and it's time to bring him back now because that wasn't tired at all either. Uh, so I guess that means another reboot of Ultimate Spider-Man continuity. Is that will it have to go back to being uh, what is it? Um, <laughs> Ultimate Comics presents Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider-Man or something like that. When we told you the title of Ultimate Comics Ultimates. <laughs> you you busted a gut. <laughs> was that not the most ridiculous thing you'd ever heard of? It's very versus very Ultimate Avengers or whatever. Yeah, what was the name of that miniseries? Oh, it was God. Ultimate Comics Ultimates versus Ultimate Avengers. I think is what it was. It was a miniseries. You hated that. <laughs> yeah. So you know it, it's well, I mean, it's just it's the, it's just the most ridiculous sounding thing I've ever heard uh, that Marvel's ever put out. And I've heard I've heard a lot of ridiculous stuff that Marvel's put out. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, I don't have any interest in this. I, I think it's all on the ultimate side, so it's lol at ultimate. I, I don't really have any interest in it at all. What do you, what do you anybody, think? anybody picking it up? I'll give, I'll give I mean, the first I, issue a shot. I mean, like, I, it's, it's not. It's, it's 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 so vague. You don't know what it could be. It could be really awesome, for all we know. But uh, it, 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 because it's so vague, you don't know what to expect. So, it's, here's a couple of my thoughts. I, I would prefer the six one six Spider Man teaching Miles. Because I don't think you need to bring uh, the ultimate Spider-Man back after he had a good death, I thought. You really want to open the can of worms of the regular universe crossing over with the ultimate universe, though? Yep, why not? Uh, The the ultimate universe is dying. I think think there's a quote somewhere on the internet from years ago where some Marvel editor said the day that the ultimate universe crosses over with the regular universe is the day we've run out of ideas. So yep. if that happens, that'll be a fun one to pull out. They they ran out of ideas a long time ago. I, I honestly think well, the Ultimate Universe has lasted longer than any spin-off universe Marvel's had, including 2099 and... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Has it outlasted MC2 now? Um, been out since 2001, right? Or 2000? Wait a hot shit minute. Two, hold on. 2000 to 2012 is to 12, 13 years. Um, 12 years, I'm sorry. Um, Wait a minute! Yeah, no, Ultimate Spider-Man didn't come out in 2000, Brad. Yeah, it did. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. It did. Now, Mayday is. Um, what was that? 20, 2009 or 2010? It died. 
When did it first? Ninety-seven ish. Oh yeah, it's no con. Oh, it did. It did come out and do that. Never mind. Okay. Well, anyway, it's it's one of the longest we've had. Uh, MC two. We've had twenty ninety-nine. What's some other things we've had <laughs> over the years? But um, I I think. Alternate universes have a limited lifespan, and this one is on its last nine lives. I think I don't think they can reboot it one more time. Well, and, uh, they want to reboot uh, the Marvel universe anyway because DC did it, and Marvel yeah. likes money. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, I'll pick it up. I, I'm surprised they haven't done a Spider-Man team in in the vein of the Outlaws from the '90s. We talked about that a couple of podcasts ago. Spider-Man. We, we did, and that's what I suspected Spider-Man was about, was a Spider-Man team where he's the captain. <laughs> he's the, he's the well, Captain America, if you will. <sighs> and I'm surprised they haven't done that, because you know how many action figures they can sell? How many books they can Apparently sell? Apparently not, Spider-Man's because they're losing their demographic. <laughs> anyway, I'm surprised they haven't had a Spider-Man team before now. Anyway. Uh, moving on to another topic, I went to the toy store this past week, <laughs> and I, I about uh, passed out in shock. Back in 2002 or whenever, I, I purchased the very first Spider-Man Classics line, and they were so popular, they, they led into Marvel Legends, which are six-inch action figures, which have great articulation. They're just beautiful figures. And I collected them until Hasbro got a hold of them, and they kind of killed them. But anyway, the fan uh, the fan outrage, they wanted them back. So Hasbro has decided to release Marvel Legends again to the toy stores for the price of $18 a figure. And it has a Build-A-Figure with it. You can build Armin Zola, which is a Captain America villain, which has the head in his chest. Um, so if you wanted to buy all of the Marvel Legends to build that figure, it would cost $18 times X would be $126 to buy a single toy, which is freaking crazy because back in the day, it was 6 or $7 for a toy, which I thought was expensive back then. Does, it, does the Arnim Zola come to, uh, like come to life after you assemble it and kill your enemies? Because if so, it'd be worth it. <laughs> George, 18 bucks for an action figure. What the hell? Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's uh, What the hell? Yeah, that's there's the only action in that is on the retailer side. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't pay eighteen bucks. Make one of these things. Yeah. Dollar? Well, you know, today, Brad, you have to start in this tight economy. You have to start looking at opportunity cost. It's like, yeah, yeah. I could buy that eighteen dollar action figure, or I could buy half a tank of gas. <laughs> you know. But I, I now here's the thing. I, I remember when they released the Marvel Select figures, and they were really big figures. I remember the Thing figure. Which weighed like two pounds. Yeah. Plastic. Wasn't that the one and they I, used in the movie? They might have. I don't know. But I recently saw it at a toy store, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's not that bad for that much toy. But we're, we're talking about little... And th- this this uh, Marvel Legends line has the Spider-Man, um, for lack of a better term, the Green Lantern suit. You know, that was a slot issue with the, with the the black and the and the green, etc. And also, a variant, I think, is the Fantastic Four suit. Oh my god, now that you mentioned it, those costumes do kind of, like, made for toys. Yeah, exactly. $18 toys, if you will, Don. Ugh. Shocking. What, what do you think, guys? I mean, $18... What? I remember when I was, uh, like, 11, the last time I collected toys... Um, yeah. <laughs> this might get me kicked off the podcast, but I was actually really into Pokemon. And, like, I would get... 
<laughs> I, would, I would get like the, the Pokemon toys, and I remember as an eleven year old thinking, "Man, these these toys are getting more and more expensive at like four ninety nine, five ninety nine, six ninety nine, and then like the Marvel toys. I think right now that the Marvel toys out there right now are really really cool for kids because I see like like you see in this picture, you see like you know like the movie version, you see the comics version. They have so many diverse characters. But mm-hmm. eighteen or seventeen ninety nine, I could get a trade paperback for that. That would be too more expensive than the comic. It's just yeah. you. you you gotta be joking me with this price, dog. It's, it's just who who <laughs> has the, who has that much money to spend? I want that on a shirt now. You gotta, you gotta I'll tell you right now, price, dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess is it the the cost of plastics and transportation costs, etc., to make these toys? Well, there's how they buy anything tax. It's the what? <laughs> Nothing. I was just trying to make a joke, but it may have been insulting. I said oh, I didn't was, even hear. I said it was the idiot who will buy anything tax. Well, I'll give you that. I mean, there are, I mean, all the figures, the figures are selling because I didn't even see the Spider-Man ones there. So somebody paid $18 that's for they, That's because the Toys R Us manager hoarded those and is selling them on eBay. <laughs> and I, I, I went to a uh, toy message board, and they said that people were lined up waiting for these boxes to unload, etc. <laughs> no, they weren't. And, and, and they wanted to buy them right out of the box. I'm like, come on, for 18 bucks, that's, that's when I'm out. I'm, I'm tapped out. I'm done. <laughs> just like I mean, I don't think any I don't think any toy, unless it's like a collector's item, is worth more than more than I don't know seven bucks. And I, unless I, I don't it comes think, to life and kills your enemies. <laughs> unless it commits murder for you, I don't think it's worth that much. <laughs> you know what? You guys are sounding like grumpy middle aged men. You know, <laughs> too expensive. Back in my day, it only cost fifty cents. You know, <laughs> I mean that's your that's what you guys sound like. Don't die out of here. <laughs> You're a father. Are you ba- buying a uh, Captain America Legend for Spencer at eighteen bucks a pop? Shit, I wouldn't have paid eighteen dollars. <laughs> I wouldn't have paid eighteen dollars uh, to having to bring him home from the hospital if insurance. Had- <laughs> <laughs> father of the Year award goes to jail. <laughs> I don't know who Armin Zola is. He was in the Captain America movie. <laughs> He was the he was the guy with glasses that was in the mist. He was the Red Skull's like sidekick henchman. Hang on, Don. I'll, I'll get a picture and I'll, I'll put it. Oh, in he the was chat. the Dream Lord. Okay, I got you. He, they even had a kind of an homage to him being Armin Zola when they when they had that uh, wide shot of him looking through like a microscope. Okay, okay. no, you're talking about like the, like like the uh, the Toby Jones guy who like uh, had the glasses yeah. and Red Skull was like, "You are failing me." That guy. Yeah, he had the the trench coat and all that. Yeah, that was the guy in the movie, and that's Armin Zola. Okay. He eventually becomes like a giant computer, etc. Android. Makes sense. Here, Don, <laughs> check, the, uh, check the chat window. There you go. Did anybody collect Marvel Legends back in the day? I did not. I I have a lot of them. I was too busy buying DC Direct stuff for the longest time. This guy is king. <laughs> From the, t- from the turtles. I think I bought a couple of the toys from the '90s cartoon, and I don't think I've bought a comic book action figure since that. So, yeah, I I think paying eighteen dollars sounds ridiculous to me, but you know, really, I have no interest in them in the first place. So, you know, if if it makes people happy and it's worth it to them, you know, obviously the only reason they're selling them for that much is because they think someone will buy it for that much. Exactly. Um, so, you know, if people are complaining, you know, don't buy it, drive down the demand. What's sad is people asked for this line of toys to come back, 
but not at this point. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Exactly. Well, exactly. see, they, and, and then they'll justify it later, Brad, and they'll say, well, we did bring them back, and y'all didn't buy them. Well, I, I can't afford it. JR, if the parents can't afford an $18 toy, who, can the kids afford it? I mean, with their allowance, and are they going to spend 18 bucks on this They're thing? not. You know what? I mean, it's a misnomer. It? It's a misnomer. These aren't priced for the kids. These are priced for the speculators. That's who's buying this stuff. I mean, you know, that, I mean, anyone who really wanted to buy these things can't because you got these goofballs lining up waiting for, you know, like you said, waiting for them to come out of the boxes or picking off the toy store managers to, to let them, you know, get into the boxes early or, you know, it's that, that, that's who's running this market and that's who the market's geared for. Uh, I don't think the toy companies give a rat's ass whether a kid buys them or not, you know. Yeah. So. All right. See, the toys. Uh, I was going to make quick. Like the toys I remember buying were like, uh, like at the time in the '90s, they were really successful off of like the Clone Saga. There was a ton of like mm-hmm. Star Spider like toys out there, and they were really like I was getting to the comics around then, and they were like kind of like bringing me back into the even more into the medium because they would have toys of those storylines. I mean, so if they made like I know I know they're they're making like Arkham Asylum toys and. Uh, Spider-Man uh, glow-in-the-dark toys and stuff like that, but like, mm-hmm. if they're charging out the ass as much as they would for a trade paperback, then they're they're really they're, you know they're seriously overstepping their boundaries. Right. All right, moving on to another topic. We promised you this one last month, and George has done extensive research oh, no. on this topic. I've gotten deep uh, into this subject, Brad. <laughs> George offered to review the Spider-Man Triple X porn parody. Now let me <laughs> let me let me give you some background on this. The, 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 back. the back of the back of the cover says, "Quote: Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is about to get caught in a web of sexual bliss. Will he be able to save the city from evil menace of Electro and the Kingpin? Will he finally choose between Gwen and Mary Jane? Will he manage to resist?" The Charm of the Black Widow. Peter Parker's secret identity turns out to be a lot more exciting in Axel Braun's sexy spoof Spider-Man X, a porn parody brought to you by Vivid Entertainment, world's leading adult film company. Get ready for the ultimate swing. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the people that are starring in this picture are... No, no, no I, 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 I'll, I'll get to them when I'm, when I'm reviewing it, Brad. You got it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, first of all, what I would like to do, which the audience yeah. cannot see, I would like for everyone in this chat room who has seen <laughs> the film to say so inside the chat window where no one else can see it. We won't reveal your names. <laughs> really, really, JR? <laughs> no, I'm joking. JR. <laughs> all right, so. I'm about to show me the blowjob scene, so I've seen that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, Casey, this, this, this oh, is spoilers. I'm sorry, spoilers. This is family spoilers. fair. <laughs> now, this is going to be as... You have, as, you have, huh? you have to tell how you went down to the store and picked this up. By right, me. well, you know me. I like to support my local merchants. Okay. <laughs> so there is a place that I, I've been aware of since college. Um, that is oh about half an hour north of here. Um, I live in I live in Louisville, and this place exactly. is up. At, uh, it's up past Denton. This is too far away from that. Um, and uh, so I went there, you know, hoping on the off chance that they had it because I think this thing came out like what last like almost a year ago. Uh, it won the 2012 AVN Award winner for spoof. Yeah, it was coming out in 2012. It was 
It came out last year, yeah. I think. Okay, okay. so anyway, <laughs> they didn't have any copies to purchase, thank God. But they did have um, they did have it to rent, which made me feel kind of skeevy. <laughs> I've never rented a porn. That's interesting. Right. And, and you get home and you're opening it up with the Rubbermaid gloves, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, oh my God, what's floating around oh, on this geez. thing? Good God. So you know, I did watch it, and my and my you know, at which point my my Blu-ray player is like, dog, oh, can I get a condom? What's going on? You know, <laughs> this one for me. I don't know where this disc has been. Right. So anyway, um. So I watched it, and the first thing I want to point out about this thing is that it's amazing to me that <laughs> we get more literal translations of the characters in porn than we do in either film or Broadway. <laughs> what, what's an example? Uh, the Kingpin. The Kingpin looks like he stepped off of a John Romita Jr. drawn page. Into the Kingpin has been played by <laughs> Peter O'Toole, the actor, by the way. <laughs> what? Peter O'Toole, Peter O'Toole, get it? And thank God he doesn't have a scene. I mean, all he does is sort of, you know, he's there as the bad guy, and he shakes his old man stick around, and he's pretty mad. He never fights. He never, he never loves. Um, but the guy's got to be careful with uh, shaking his old man stick. Like, we just, gotta, <laughs> we just got to make sure we're very clear about what you mean. That's an electro blast. No, no, like a cane. Like, oh. you know, he's got his cane out there. The guy now, the guy playing uh, Jonah and the guy playing um, uh, Robert Black, and uh, the guy playing um, uh, Kingpin Peter O'Toole. They're both very good, um, and and they don't actually get involved in any of the action. Sadly, neither do uh, or neither does the gal playing Liz, because the gal playing Liz was pretty hot, but she doesn't actually do anything. I mean, her it's like Harry and Liz are at the funeral or at uh, Norman's funeral, even though Norman's not in it. Norman's sort of like well, a, Norman died. <laughs> Norman didn't get in the movie with Gwen Stacy. Norman Norman is like uh, is like Kevin Costner in The Big Chill in this. <laughs> so um, she, huh? no reason for Jr. to rent it yep, now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there is absolutely no Norman or Green Guy. Uh, Green, I almost said Green Osborne. Green Goblin in here. Um, so the guy playing Spider-Man, Xander Corvus, he kind of plays Spider-Man like a, uh, you know, like a like a 32-year-old rock star who's, you know, lived so hard he's really probably about 45. <laughs> you know, gravelly voice, you know, like, like he just rolled out of bed, you know, drunk after an all-night bender. Um, so... But they're they're going with a you know a more young adult Peter Parker who's already working at the Daily Bugle, okay, and living at home with Aunt May, which isn't sad at all. And <laughs> Capri- is Aunt May getting lucky? Well, let me, I'll get to that. Oh God, no! Because it'd be fun. It'd be fun <laughs> if, Aunt, if, if Aunt May gets lucky in the comic books, but not in the porn. Well, no, I mean, f- fortunately, this this wasn't written by Dick Wade, so uh, when <laughs> Mark Wade. <laughs> So when Dr. Octopus does show up at the end, uh, and, you know, they missed an opportunity to call him Dr. Octopus and have him, like, you know, have, like, eight eight dildos attached to his... Dr. Octopus, right, Chris? Oh, no. But he does come in at the end and see Aunt May, you know, uh, because at the the dead end of the film, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but at the (laughs) end of the film, uh, Peter's sitting there in Aunt May's, you know, house, and then Dr. Octopus comes in to rent the room. Hmm. And uh, and then, you know, that's the end of the movie, I guess, setting up the inevitable sequel. Was it a happy ending? Uh, <laughs> no. And fortunately, I was glad because that would have meant that Aunt May and Dr. Octopus would have gotten it on. Again, <laughs> glad it wasn't written by Dick Wade. 
So anyway, so the the first uh, the first scene of amorous relations in the film um, is between Betty and Robbie. What? Yes, at the, at the Daily Bugle, Robbie pulls Betty aside and he's like, "Yo, Betty, uh, I need to really talk to you about that sexual harassment story you're working on. Can we meet in the hallway where no one will see?" And Betty's like, "Yes, Robbie, let's do that." And then they're at it like teenagers. Oh no! Um, so for Tony, when you need it, points, never... points for points for them actually stepping Betty up from secretary to reporter. <laughs> Um, but apparently she did it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> I mean, her her and Robbie really go at it. I mean, you know, she, she, she goes she goes from taking dictation uh, to uh, you know to really showing him how she gets undercover on a story. So uh, you know they they have an exciting finish to uh, to their scene. Uh, and the next scene is Electro. Electro is actually the main bad guy in this thing, uh, which is kind of funny because you never really see the main villain oh. taken down at the end. I, I love the names. Electro is played by Dick Delaware. Dick Delaware, yeah. Well, the guy that played uh, Batman in the Batman porn parody, I think, was Dick Dale. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it was uh, it was uh, uh, Dick DeBone. Pardon me. So. <laughs> <laughs> You remember when that thing came out and behind the scenes we were all talking about it and Stella, Stella was so, she was so nervous about that, you know, because and I had to point out to her, you know, I was like, well, you know, Batgirl came off pretty well here, you know. Anyway, all right, so Dick Delaware, so uh, well, you know, I mean, you can't go Dick Vermont because you know Vermont's mother, you know. So I think how about Dick Texas, you know? No, it's this no. So the next scene is with Electro and a um, a lady of the evening, a lady who Electro likes hookers. Yes, he is shacked oh, up in a hotel room with um, with a lady of the evening, um, and you know, nice. and this to this to me was a missed opportunity for an appearance from the Shocker. If you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. The Shocker would have worked in this movie on so many levels. <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to see the headlines of the Daily Bugle. Shocker strikes again. <laughs> Shocker hits three downtown, you know? <laughs> I'm done. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? I mean, even even if it had just been the movement itself from Electro with the Lady of the Evening, uh, if the Shocker could have put in a cameo that way, that would have been fine. Or, you know, even better, they're they're, you know, they're both... Sharing an evening with the same lady of the night, and, and oh, you know no. maybe she's getting on one end from Electro, and the other end she's getting it from the Shocker. Well, this is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> so um, anyway, it proves to be too much for her. So he uh, he arrives at his destination, and, uh, and she gets electrocuted by him. Oh my god! Yeah, what she, a meanie. she gets killed by it, and he's like, "Ha ha! I knew you couldn't last." And I'm like, "Well, you, I hope." And they're like, "Fine." Yeah, it becomes like a snuff film. So, oh, okay, so, <laughs> huh? What, Donovan? So, so he, he, he kills a hooker instead of oh Jesus Christ! No, 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 no! He doesn't do it purposefully. It's just whenever he arrives he at his destination, him. he um, the in, the ensuing. I got uh, ending. Yes, when he releases his own web, um, <laughs> it it proves to be too much for her, and and she actually is electrocuted. So God didn't see this. <laughs> so, the next scene, uh, Mary Jane, and by the way, Mary Jane is played by Capri Anderson, who uh, was one of the girls that couldn't keep up with Charlie Sheen's coke habit. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. She was the one that, like, I, I think, like, almost OD'd herself. She was like, wow, I just can't keep up with this rock star. So, um, she plays Mary Jane, and she does, she actually, she does an okay Jane play, or a job playing Mary Jane. She's almost... Better than first in Dunst? Jungle, yeah. Well, no, I, I, I didn't mind Dunst so much in the first movie. But, um, anyway, she almost gets uh, gang-raped in an alley. But Spider-Man shows up, and uh, they do, you know, their own variation of that scene in the alley, you know, with the upside-down kiss, except, you know, she kisses other parts of his Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, and, and she gets an up-close and personal, you know, demonstration of Peter's webbing. Oh, yeah. so, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very novel scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, the next scene we go to, now Electro's running on a rampage, you know, all over the town, um, he's working with Kingpin, and there's a party you know, over at Flash's place, it's Flash, and Gwen, and Mary Jane and Peter, well, the power goes out, and Peter's like, well, I better get out there and see what's going on, because he's really Spider-Man, and he has to stop Electro, so Mary Jane's about to go out with him, and then Flash is like, no, Mary Jane, stay with us, we're about to do some cuddling. <laughs> so so immediately MJ's like, "Oh, God, <sighs> right here, let me take my sweater off." So then her and Gwen start um showing their appreciation of one another. Yeah. Um just right off the bat and and uh while uh, the guy playing Flash Thompson lights some candles to set the set the mood for cuddling, as Flash calls it. <laughs> uh you know, remind me to never have Flash, you know, try to comfort me if one if I have a relative. All right. So, um, so Flash and Gwen and MJ uh, share some quality time together. Yeah, um, as long as they can. Gwen and MJ share some quality time together, and Flash shares quality time with both of them. It's it's sort of an all around kind of thing, which makes me upset because if any if this should have happened to anybody in the film, why is it happening to Flash? Why is it not Peter <laughs> that gets to do this? <clears throat> yeah. yeah, and that and that so that pissed me off from a Spider Man, you know, fan point. I'm like. <laughs> Dude, dude! I mean, every 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 Spider-Man fan this is going to want to see that scene, but no, that's not what we get. We get Flash getting that. Does Flash have his legs? Uh, yes, he does have his legs. Although they get pretty okay. wobbly at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so, God. so um, get to our to get to our last scene. Spidey <laughs> hits the town and he's trying to find Electro. Um, he finds a warehouse and he finds Black Widow, uh, and Black Widow, he's or as he calls him, hey, look, it's Hawkeye's girlfriend. <laughs> oh, that's insulting. So uh, yeah, so Black Widow says, oh yeah, I totally took care of that Electro thing. Hey, why don't we do it? <laughs> so um, so Spider Man and Black Widow uh, engage in some friendly uh, sharing of notes about the superhero business and their parts. And um, at one point, Spider-Man, you know, you know how he likes to quip, and you know how he likes to sort of, you know, poke at people. Well, he really becomes a pain in her ass. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and um, you know, but oh. she seems, but it doesn't seem to be, uh, oh. it, it doesn't seem to be that much of a of a hassle for her. She seems to, you know, really like Spider-Man and like him oh. being kind of a pain in her ass. Um, so they have, oh. Oh. you know, there's not an exploding climactic finish with a villain, but there is an exploding climactic finish between Spidey and Black Widow, or as Spidey again calls her Hawkeye's girlfriend. Um, so later on, Peter's just thinking about the day and 
what's next when Doc Ock shows up at Aunt May and again, which makes me immediately glad that uh, that Dick Wade didn't write the movie. No. So that's uh, overall. Overall, how many how many webs do I how many web edges do I give this? How many <laughs> out of five? How many how five many how many ounces of web fluid does this rate on a scale of oh, uh, no. of one to five? I'm going to give it a three. There's some missed opportunity in here. If you're going to have Harry and Liz in the movie, hey, how about Harry and Liz knock boots? Yeah. You know what? I mean, I I've always liked these two kids. Is it too bad? You know, I mean, is it going to kill us too much to see Harry put the spurs to her a little bit? I don't think so. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really didn't care for Flash being uh, the third partner on the uh, – you know, this should have been a Peter Gwen MJ thing, not a Flash Gwen and MJ thing. Um, I think the most entertaining scene for me was really Betty and Robbie because, I mean, that's the first <laughs> one I saw. It was the first one I saw, and I mean, just the way they approach it. Miss Brand, I need to talk to you about your sexual harassment. Was, was Ned Leeds in there? That's no, Ned Leeds wasn't in here. Ned Leeds wasn't in there at all. Robbie took the lead. Yeah, <laughs> Robbie, yeah Robbie took the lead here. <laughs> Oh, and, and probably, Betty was very eager. Betty was very eager to follow his lead. Now this will be a monthly segment with George. Uh, oh God, no. <laughs> he will no. he reviews uh, the Incredible Hulk Triple X parody next month. Soon followed by the Justice League of Porn Her- Heroes, Superman Triple X, Star Wars Triple X, Bat Flicks, Dark Knight. And Batman Triple X. I am not walking back into that place because I didn't appreciate the way my shoes stuck to the floor. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. According to this website that I'm looking at, $29.89. Or you could buy one and a half Legends. (laughs) (laughs) You could get get one full figure in and everything from the bottom down on the other one. George, thank you for your in-depth research. Uh, you're welcome, Brad. I like to think that I have it uh, fully covered, and that yes. uh, I uh, and that I hit every nook and cranny on this thing. Okay, <clears> this would <throat> be a drinking game. How, how many sex puns were in this? Trust me, we're drunk. Um, um how many sex puns were in the review? You were in the movie. Uh, <laughs> all that, that whole in, like, the movie, in the movie, really, not all that much. I was actually surprised. I, I mean, if you're gonna throw in cheap one-liners that everybody expects. This is the thing to do it in because no one's going to take this seriously. I mean, I, I will praise this movie, though, for having a kingpin who was a lot like the real kingpin. <laughs> I mean, the guy, I mean, he's not like, you know, like, like muscly, like, uh, because that's what Peter people, a lot of people don't understand that the kingpin is not actually fat. I mean, like, that is all, like, muscle. All muscle, baby. He is very, he's just a very thick-corded muscle. Now, this guy in the movie, this guy was just all about the fat. <laughs> this guy's like, I'm fat right now, and at lunchtime, I'm going to get a little fatter, and I'm going to come back tomorrow weighing probably five pounds more. Five pounds more on me. But, I mean, the, the costume he has is very – it is it is the exact Romita costume from the damn comic book. Yeah. And, and it, it really is. It's very cool. So uh, you don't really see him that much, thank God, because I never wanted him to step in. Electro, let me show you how it's done. Move out. Shocker, you're up. <laughs> I think have Vanessa. Yeah, they really, they really missed an opportunity with Shocker. They really missed an opportunity. And they missed an opportunity. I'll, I'll go further. They missed an opportunity with Aunt May. I mean, this – well, hang on. Let me finish. Let me finish. In the adult film industry, there is a subgenre referred to as no. uh, MILF. No. And there are several – There, are, I said MILF, not GILF. Okay, okay. Back off me. <laughs> Now, there are a ton of actresses who could step in to fill that role or have that role filled, so to speak. Um, 
and, and, and so they really missed an opportunity there. I, I think that they could have taken an existing actress who's, who's you know, had a, had, a, had a nice full career who's still working in the business in this subgenre. Um, to step in and, and maybe have Ron Jeremy pop in as in a cameo as Doctor Octopus. Well, K-Box said that they're making a Spider-Man Superman crossover sequel. Wow. Oh. I guess All I gotta, right. I gotta have to cover that one now, don't I? Well, how about one a year? <laughs> You'll do the Spider-Man two. I'll just whenever they do a Spider-Man <laughs> one. If it if it involves right. Spider-Man, that's what I'll do. All right. So I can. And that's a wrap on this episode. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. An example of their great prices is on Amazing Spider-Man number 685. Now, this is part four of the Ends of the Earth storyline, and the team-ups continue, this time with Black Widow and the Silver Sable. And the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Also add them on Facebook by typing in MailOrderComics in the search bar. Thanks for listening, gang. For the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com, I'm your host and webmaster, Brandon Lewis.